What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another Finance Friday, where we are Strength Coach Net Worth, and we have the man, the myth, the legend, Coach B. Patel. Thank you for joining us, Coach. Justin, my man, thanks for having me on, and um, I love our conversations, and um, hopefully this is a good one for all your listeners today. Yeah, so everybody listening, this is the second time B's been on, and we caught up again at the NSCA Coaches Conference and talked a lot about finance, and that's kind of where B and I have connected a lot too, is just about educating coaches on talking about finance. And one of the things you said there, B, was like, how come this, like, it, it needs to just get talked about more. And in your yeah. opinion, what would be some of like the basics of introductory talking about this? Well, I, I mean, I don't even know if it's for strength coaches only, but I think it should be part of like a, like a high school curriculum. And I think there are some schools that, that teach it, but it should be part of like a, like core foundational principles that every school should teach um, about how to balance a checkbook, about how to, about investments, about how to make money, about how, like, what is money? Like, when, you know, what do you, what is what is the purpose of it? Like, how do you, how do you accumulate more? What is wealth? Like what is, um, different investment strategies, how to all allocate funds, like how do, um, you know, different types of mutual funds, ETFs, like stocks, like it, all that crypto, like all these things are, um, so not talked about, you know, and, and I've got my own theories on that, on that too. But, um, but I think from a, from an early educational standpoint, and this isn't just, this goes outside of coaches. Like, I think everybody needs to be able to learn how to manage their own personal finances. I think that's first, first and foremost is financial literacy is something that needs to be taught. It needs to be talked about, needs to be spoken about, needs to be open because I think a lot of people are often fearful of talking about money because they don't understand it and they don't understand how to get more of it. Um, so that's the first and foremost thing. And then specifically for, for coaches and performance professionals, um, like you've got to be able to create multiple streams of income, like in multiple sources of income too. Cause if you're in, in the world that we live in right now, if you're solely relying on one salary, unless you're at a power five football school and you're, and you're making a healthy six <laughs> figures that might not, but here's the other thing too, mm -hmm. that may not last a long time. Cause you know, the longevity of, of coaches, especially within football and you know, what have you done for me recently? What have you done for me now? Um, that may not last forever. So if you do manage to get a healthy payday from a salary standpoint, do you have the knowledge and the education of how to allocate those funds who can continue to make money for you in the future? Where'd you learn this? Was this with Jerry Martin or was it with Boyle? Like how did this all gen uh, generate for you? Neither. It came, well, you know what? It like, so my parents, like my parents were, were immigrants and, um, my mom worked in a bank, like, and she worked her way up from a teller, from a teller all the way to a bank manager, all the way to a financial advisor. Oh wow! And, um, you know, some principles that my dad had early on was, was pay off any debt that you have. Um, you never want to accumulate debt. Um, cash is king. Um, you know, pay off your credit cards as soon as you get them. Like, and you teach me about interest and teach me about, um, debt and loans and all these types of things. Even when I went to college, he's like, he told me, he's like, make sure you apply to a colleges where you can get a scholarship or, um, if we have to get a loan, you're not going there, you know, and that's upfront and honest. And that was one yeah. of the things like, Liam, I could tell you too, like he would tell me too. He's like, um, 
<laughs> I don't I don't want to offend anybody, but th- this is God honest truth. I'm going to say it. He's, it's he's like, um, don't have a girlfriend unless you're going to marry them because they're a waste of money, mm, I, you know, and I'm like, you know, I, I like I can look back at it and, like now and I'm like, you know what? You like you get it right. Like use your money and wisely invest it wisely, um, save it. Uh, all these principles were taught to me at an early age. And, you know, my mom would teach me um, about different mutual funds and places that they would put their money, but also like money that I would save from working and things like that and uh, invest in different stocks. And for a while it was kind of like, you know, my head was in the sand. Like, I, you know, I was so focused on coaching and so focused on learning how to make my athletes better, like different coaching styles and techniques. And um, I didn't necessarily truly understand the investment side of things. I did understand saving and I understood paying off debt and all those types of things. But um, I think it was when it was during COVID, um, you know, everybody was stuck inside. Um, we, you know, I personally got furloughed. Um, people were losing jobs. Friends were losing jobs. Um, salaries were getting cut. And it was at that time, I'm like, you know what? I got to start thinking about the future a little bit more than outside of my TIA craft, right? And then my own personal savings account or personal IRA. I got to start thinking about other ways that I can generate streams of income. Um, So that was when things got a little bit more serious. I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, And if for any coach listening to this, if you have not read that book, it is a must read um, to understand the biggest concept out of that is to how to make your money work for you. You know, um, but I am going to double back a little bit. And um, when I was at Holy Cross and I worked with Jeff Oliver, we would um, he would often tell me about, um, you know, tell me Boyle stories, right? Because Jeff was an athlete at BC. Um, When he was done, he trained with Mike Boyle, who was at BU, um, and he got him ready for the combine. And after he was done playing, uh, Mike invited Jeff. He's like, he's like, Hey, I think you should, I think you'd be a good strength coach. How about you become my GA? And he's like, you can live with me. And so Jeff Oliver was a GA for Mike Boyle live with him. And he told me stories of Mike would buy, you know, duplexes, you know, he would buy duplexes and he'd fix them up and Jeff would help fix them up. And, um, he would, you know, rent them out or have, you know, sell them. And he's like, he's like, that's where, um, you know, Mike made some money is through real estate. And I'm like, Oh, interesting. Like I, you know, I had never knew that side of things, but like, that was one thing that really piqued my interest in that kind of always stayed in the back of my head, um, about understanding how the power of real estate, um, to be able to, you know, as an asset class, but also to make money for you. Um, so that was, that, that, that was just an aside that I wanted to share too, is, is to be able to understand that there's different ways that you can allocate money. And that kind of brings you back to Rich Dad, Poor Dad, where a lot of the things that he would talk about in the book, and it was all told in a story. Um, But the biggest thing that I got from it, and I said it before, is is how you want to make your money work for you. And the basic premise of that is if you leave your money in a bank account, the interest that you're going to get from that or the returns (laughs) or the yields you're you're going to get on that are going to be marginal, marginal to minimal. Right. And so your money's not necessarily working for you when you just leave it in a bank account. It's kind of staying there. Sometimes it may actually decrease in value if you consider the way inflation is going. 
like, for example, what would, and I saw a great meme on this, uh, I think last week, but you know, a dollar in the, like the 1920s could buy you, you know, 30 Coke bottles, 30 bottles of Coke. And then it went year by year, what a dollar could buy you. And now a dollar can't get you much at all. Right. And that's because the cost of goods and services has increased relative to inflation. So, so if you've got a thousand dollars in the bank account now, that thousand dollars might be worth $800 in buying power in five years. So it's not making money for you sitting there. So that's a basic premise of that. And that really piqued my interest about like, how can I generate a little bit more sources of revenue, but also how to make my money work for me a little bit more. So that's kind of where a lot of my understanding of, of, of finance has, has, has come from. That's super interesting. And I, I think I've read that book too, or I know I've read that book. And I think that's like every strength coach's original or every person that gets into finance, they read that mm -hmm. book. And I know I had the poor dad and kind of growing up because I father of an immigrant, yeah. too, right? Like that's kind of what we grow up with. Right. Well, yeah, I think that's, it's no fault of their own, but that's what they've been no. told, right? Yep. It, it, it's what they've been taught and it's what they've been told. And we're a product of our environments and another you can't thing, give what you don't have. Exactly. And, and one of the things that I've really tried to learn about a little bit more um, over the last couple of years and not try to learn, but maybe change my process and change my perspective on it is that um, I've got to teach my kids about finance mm. and I've got to teach my kids about um, what the future may look like in terms of the world that they live in, uh, understanding tech, understanding um, investment strategies, because they might not learn it in school. Like I kind of started this conversation with. So it's up to me to be able to stay up to speed on the world that we live in, where things might be going and how can I best educate them and prepare them for the future so that they can thrive and succeed. That's deep. And I, I feel like I'm doing the same thing and I, I would recommend any parent do the you exact are. same thing. <laughs> you are. Like, like, it's, it's, it, there's so many, you know, I talked to, you know, Drew and I, you're, you're friends with Drew Cohen as well too. And, you know, we did our, uh, we did a pod this morning and we were just talking about, um, being agile, right? Not being agile in the sense of, you know, Billy change direction or your shin angles, but uh, being agile in a environment in a world that is constantly changing, right? And accepting the fact that change is a constant in that, like, just as gravity is a constant, change is a constant. And then be willing to accept that everything around, around you in the world is going to change. It's going to adapt. Um, tech is going to change, uh, techniques might change and your willingness to stay curious is going to allow you to be agile in the environment so that you can be best prepared to continue to make yourself an asset, um, best prepared to improve your skill set, best, uh, best prepared to, um, help influence and impact other people around you too. That's something that I had talked about. You talk about tech, but like, let's even just rewind 10 years ago maybe 20, like 10 years ago, the notion of using your camera to take a picture of a mm. check and put it in your bank account, or even 20 years ago, foreign, completely foreign Indeed. to people. Yep. So like, that's where tech and all of this is continuing to grow because my father still remembers when ATMs were first invented and you didn't have to just yep. go to the bank teller during those certain yep. times. You know what I mean? And then like I do. the $300 limit on the ATM is now like up to a fat, <laughs> like it's all changing, right? Yeah. But like I still I, remember that. I, I do too. I, I remember the days when 
um, eBay came out. I remember the yeah. days of um, I still PayPal. Remember. I got Yankees Red Sox tickets on eBay, and my dad was Did like, you really? what are you doing? Yeah, like that's how we I'll, were able to afford going on my birthday. Well, how about I went to – when I was a senior in high school, I think I graduated, and my parents got me a first credit card. And, you know, they gave me the rules, and they told me, like, how I'm supposed to use it. And, um, you know, eBay was getting pretty big with, like, you know, buying things and, and purchasing things and Amazon with books and things. Yep. And they were always like, never don't put your credit card online. You're good. You're, you know, somebody's going to steal your identity. Like, don't put mm-hmm. your credit card online. And I'm like, I think <laughs> I, I, I listened to them for a little while. I'm like, well, everybody else is doing it. Like, what's what's the big deal? Let me try it out. And so I would do it. And nothing happened. I mean, I got my stuff, and like, there's nothing bad ever happened. Not yet, at least. And now, and that was what 1999, like 19, yeah, 1998, and went to college. Like, so 99, early 2000s. Now you can't do anything. I like everything you do. Ninety percent of the purchases you're going to make are going to be online. Yeah. And ninety, probably ninety five to ninety nine percent of the purchases you're going to make are going to be made with a card or your phone. Right. It, it's very little, very few places accept cash or, you know, utilize cash as a medium for exchange for services and goods. So everything that we do is predominantly digital and via cards. And so you've got to be able to, you know, accept those changes. I remember like when cell phones came big too. my, my dad never wanted to use them. Like he my loved his ro- he loved his rotary phone, like <laughs> a rotary phone too. And so he never wanted to use a cell phone. Um, and now look at us too. Like we can't live without a cell phone because it's everything. It's it has everything attached to us that we need. Um, so it's it's that willingness to adapt and change and to recognize that that there's a lot of people that are pushing the envelope of of what the world might be able to do. I mean, look at AI. Like you look at the things with that AI can do that is probably most recent within the last year. You know what I mean? Yeah. We had, we had, you know, heard about it that it's coming for years and like, look at the things that you can do with it. And, uh, you know, I'm reading Elon Musk's bi- biography right now, which is fascinating. Like I, I'm a big Elon fan and he was one of the first guys that was involved in PayPal, yep. you know, and in his evolution yep. of like what he wants to make X is the all everything app. Taking a quick break from the show to talk to you about our membership site. If you find value from our podcast, you are guaranteed to find more value inside of the Strength Coach Network video library inside the membership. Doesn't matter the level coach you are, you can see all of our 170 plus lectures sorted three different ways. Based on the level of expertise coach you are, aspiring, established, or head, you can sort it by every sport imaginable, and you can sort it by every topic in strength and conditioning. This makes all of the content consumable easy for you and for your staff members to be able to deep dive on any topic in strength and conditioning. Click the link down below to try the site out for 24 hours for only $1. Then your membership turns into a monthly membership where the price is less than $30 a month for $29.99, which is less than going out to dinner by yourself. You have access to all of this content. Click the link down below. Um, But he wants to be able to, you know, have financial payments on it too, like for, for anything that you do. Yep. Um, so just being able to understand the mind of Elon to push the narrative of, of civilization on other planets, um, of pushing uh, an AI robot like the optimist that he's trying to create, um, electric cars, 
um, you know, sending ships, spending, um, sending um, spaceships to out to outer space and then landing them and reusing them over and over again. Like those are, those are things that when you know, 20 years ago, we probably wouldn't have even thought of no. or even considered. And so being able to understand, to have the agile mindset to understand opportunities that are in a world that's ever changing. Like if you can have that, that mindset, a curious mindset, rather than just being judgmental and closed off, you're going to be able to see a lot of opportunities, but those opportunities can lend to some financial, some good financial decisions for you that you might be able to make for yourself in the future. You think strength coaches don't look into it because typically we're a pessimistic group to begin with. <laughs> I heard the <laughs> chuckle. I heard the chuckle. I'm not pessimistic. I didn't say you were. I, I'm saying think, the field as a yeah, whole. You know what? Um, you can play I don't the fifth. Know. No, no, no. I'm going to, I'm going to voice my opinion. I don't really care. I mean, uh, I've been in the game for a long time now, so I don't really care. Um, I do think that a lot of strength conditioning coaches are judgmental rather than curious. And I used with to be anybody else listening. I'm a recovering judgmental. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and when you have a judgmental perspective and attitude on things, you're often going to be cynical. Right. You're often going to be cynical about everything that you see around you rather than being opportunistic or seeing, well, that, you know, that coach does something differently than me and it works for them in their situation. Let me learn about it. It may not. And I might not be able to play it to apply it to my own situation, but sometimes I think we, our egos are so big that we, that we lack the ability to see that there's so many different ways to be able to do things. And everything's going to work in different situations and in different environments. So I think as a result, sometimes it does become a little bit more pessimistic and lacks the ability to understand context. Because what you see on social media, what you see on a post, what you what you understand through this podcast is only a snapshot in time, right? Like it, it is it doesn't tell you the full picture of everything that's happening for that individual, for that team, for that athlete that they're working with. It's literally just a snapshot in time. And so for somebody to, you know, start spitting off comments in a thread, you know, uh, on social media, like, do you truly understand? Or are you just giving your opinion and giving your judgment based on things? Like, why not DM that coach specifically and ask them, hey, can you tell me about how that fits in the context of everything that you're doing? But I don't, I don't know if a lot of people do that, you know? Um, so, yeah, so I think the group overall – um, sometimes has pessimistic vibes on the internet and pessimistic vibes within social media. And that doesn't help us grow. But I think what you're doing and you, and your, your willingness to ask difficult questions and, and is, is, I think helps the field grow if they're willing to grow. But again, that's up to the individual, just like these, these finance Fridays, right? Like these, some people are going to listen to them and be like, ah, that doesn't apply to me. Well, guess what? One day it will apply to you. <laughs> so you better, you better pay attention. You better listen up. Like, especially if you desire to have a family and have children and have kids and send those kids to school and do those and do certain things for your kids and provide, like you better pay attention because, um, what you think, you know, isn't everything that, you know, there's always something to learn and there's always something to get better at. And so just try to keep that beginner's mindset and stay curious instead of judgy. 
Yeah, I mean, he, he's got a great point with that because I was that way for the longest time. And once you can start to understand it and, and let your money work for you because – we're supposed to work for knowledge, right? And then let that money go and do what it's supposed to do. And you set out to deploy it. One thing about mindset that I just recently heard is uh, call it stocking up money rather than staving because you're going to stock it up to later deploy it. Does little things like that matter to you in your opinion? And you recommend stuff like mindset shifts like that? Uh, give me a little bit more perspective. On that. Like what do you what do So you like that, that example is like, hey, don't think about it as like, oh, I'm saving my money because it's almost creating like a scarcity mindset. Like, Hey, I'm stocking my money up to save it to then later you like to use it and deploy it later. So I'm stockpiling it to, to deploy later than just like I'm hoarding it and I'll never do anything with it. <laughs> yeah, right? I, I guess so. Uh, but it kind of goes back to that. What I was saying before is like, obviously you're saving it or stockpiling, however you want to think about it for the future. Right. And so yeah. for the future, whether you decide that you need it to, buy a new car, buy a, uh, buy a new house, like, um, change the tires on your car, um, pay for private school for your kids. Like, um, whether you understand that, like, that's what it's going to be used for a rainy day fund. Um, you know, the calamity that happens that you need to get fixed. Like that's the, I guess that's the way I look at savings. Like that's what it's for is it's needed for things that you're going to need in the future. Uh, that could be for your own self. Hmm. That could be for, the moment that you you know you're going to pass and you're going to you know pass it on to your to your to your heirs to your children to your spouse um i the way i look at it is that it's for the future you know and it's got to do something for the future and if i don't the way i also look at it too is if i've got twenty thousand dollars in in a in a bank account like um are there ways for me to double that are there ways for me to triple that are there ways for me to be able to continue to increase that amount so that I have more for the future. Because like I said before, that 20 grand that sits in the bank account in 2024, currently today might be worth the buying power might be worth 17,000 in five years. Does that make sense? Yeah, exactly. No, that, that's a good mindset shift. And I appreciate that. If there's a couple things that like, what would be some, Outside of that, that book you recommended with Rich Dad, Poor Dad, what would be one other book that you'd recommend and then one final piece of advice for anybody on this Finance Friday? Um, I, you know what? I like, um, I like Dave Ramsey. Like, um, okay. like he's a little bit more conservative approach of the same similar type of thing, like pay off loans, um, uh, try to pay off your house, like just try to decrease the debt that you owe. Um, but really simple approaches to developing a budget, to developing good principles, right? Like, I think that's what makes us successful as coaches and helped us connect is connect is we are principle based in our approach, right? The systems that we may have and the methods that we may use may change based on the environments that are in the teams that we're working with, but we're very principle based in our approach. And so if you're principle based based in your approach to coaching and to training, why wouldn't you be principle based mm. in your approach to the way you live, the way you think, the way you talk, and especially with your finances, like um, try not to live paycheck to paycheck, right? Like be principle, like try to save a little bit every single month, whether it be $50, whatever, it, like that's $50 you save up every month is $600 extra at the end of the year. Like that. Like, like little things like that. If it's a hundred dollars, that's an extra $1,200. Like it's just, um, it, it, 50 bucks each, each paycheck 
put towards a stock or towards a crypto, whatever you want. Like, you know what I mean? Like little things like that. Uh, try to be a little bit more systems based or in the, sorry, more principle based in your approach uh, with your finances. And um, the only other thing that I might, might want to say to share with everybody is too, is to look at different avenues of possible investment opportunities um, and to try to create as many streams of income as you, as you can for yourself. That was something I learned early on. I don't know if you, you, did you ever hear the name Ryan Lee? No. So Ryan Lee was a, uh, I think he was a marketer, um, but he came out in the late nineties, early two thousands. And the, one of the websites that he created first was sportspecific.com. And he used marketing based principles, uh, and applied them specifically to strength conditioning coaches. And he put out a series of books. He spoke on the perform better tour, but he basically tried to help strength coaches and personal trainers make money. And one of the things he said was you got to create multiple streams of income. And I remember this is a book I read in grad school. I don't remember specifically if he was the author, but he applied a lot of those principles that would come from management into for, for coaches. And so one of the things I did early on when I was in, in grad school is, you know, back in the day we created um, CD ROMs, right? Like, is that, that's what came out. And then we converted them to DVDs and, you know, we made, uh, you know, a bunch of DVDs, sold them through perform better. Um, and that was another source of income. Like we created manuals, we created different things that we would create on a daily basis to apply what we did um, and share them with other coaches. So we create products, right? And so you create a product one time um, and you can continue to uh, monetize that, right? So that was a stream of income. Like you do the work one one time, and then passively can continue to generate income for you. That's a stream of income. Like your salary obviously is going to be a stream of income. Um, any side hustle that you may have is going to be a stream of income. If you do, could do speaking engagements, consulting, those are streams of income. But understand those take up your time. So you're using your yep. time in that moment. But if you can create products and you can create um, services or things that you have done or created – one time you invest that time and then passively can continue to generate income for you. That'd be a good source of income. Just like you got one of my hats. That's awesome. You know, like that is a right. cre creating merchandise could be a stream of income. Like even if it's outside of your day-to-day -day job, like I know people who've done created different Shopify stores or created different products on Etsy as a side hustle um, because they're passionate about other hobbies and other things and they were able to create sources of income for themselves. So create, try to create multiple streams of income along with different investment strategies. And to double down on that, I would say get rid of maybe some of other hobbies that don't actually put money in your pocket. Understand the difference between asset and a liability. And like, hey, if you're spending time, you know, zoning out and just playing a bunch of video games or going out and spending money at the bar like really kind of wonder where like stop telling me and other people that you don't have the time because that's one thing that kind of drives me crazy well yeah if you equate time as an asset money as an asset right they're both valuable why would you not utilize your time to make more money I if you're if you're complain if you're complaining that you don't have it, right? If you are well off, you're endowed, like you're taken care of, like you should have very little to complain about. 
So <laughs> hopefully, hopefully that's the uh, the big nugget for everybody listening to that to this one today. No, I appreciate you, brother. And because time is money, we're going to respect your time. Uh, we're going to let you go. And thank you very much for sharing these golden nuggets with us. I appreciate you. And I appreciate everybody willing to listen to this. Get better.